So does it make sense to rush to buy a business the same way some people are rushing to buy houses? Hey there, everyone. It's David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site and the show where we talk about buying, selling, growing small and medium-sized businesses while managing risk. If you've been looking to level up your life and discover your true calling, and if you're or if you're already a business owner looking to expand, grow, or getting ready to exit, you've come to the right place for information, knowledge, and some thought-provoking opinions. Make sure you sign up for my email list so we can always stay in touch. And uh, there on the screen right there, you see davidcbarnettlist.com. That's the place you go. So I got this very interesting email from Michael. He says, the business for sale market is mimicking the real estate market. In much of the U.S., houses are on the market for hours before the sign goes up to say that it's under contract. Offers are me being made by people sight unseen. Same thing's happening here, actually. People are doing these video tours on the internet, and they're buying homes uh, from far away because they want them to move here. So he says, recently, I signed an NDA for a business that appeared to be a nice fit in the industry and profitable enough that's within my search criteria. The broker offered it to a few people on their list prior to it going live on the website. Before the information package was issued, offers were made and a contract was signed, not by Michael, based on a bit of information from the broker, sort of a back of the napkin type income statement. And then Michael complains, you know, in my naivete, I thought I would be able to do a little bit of due diligence prior to making an offer, like trying to understand certain details that didn't make sense to him from what he was given, the information he was given. And he said, I've been in the buying business space for a while now. Not having time to digest is a new phenomenon based on my experience. And you know what? It, you know, having other people swoop in and put a contract on a business based on very little information is, is not something that happens every day. But I want to I dissect Michael's email here because there are a bunch of little tidbits of information that I think we should expand upon. Um, number one. Michael was offered an opportunity to look at a business before the information package was issued and before it went live on the broker's website. So I've said many times before on this channel that if a business broker sees you as a qualified buyer, you will have an opportunity to look at things before other people. So if there's a good qualified broker that you know that frequently has things that you are interested in, it's important to be seen as credible in their eyes because you could get an opportunity like Michael did. Um, the second thing that I point, I want to pull out of this email is that people were being told that the business was for sale before the information package was ready. And to me, that's a huge no-no because even though this broker succeeded in securing a contract of some kind very quickly, um, they fell far short of what they could have been able to do of course, the, a business broker's promise to business owners is often that they can create a situation of competition where they have more than one buyer looking to buy the business, which could drive the price up and more than compensate the business seller for the commission that they're going to have to pay to the broker. So in this scenario, I mean, every time, if you're a business broker, you should not be telling anyone that a business is available until the full package is available to share. Once the full package arrives in, someone ha in someone's hands, and when I was a broker, I had businesses that went up for sale where I had several offers within a week, not quite as quickly as what Michael's describing here, but several offers within a week because the information package was complete and detailed. So not all, you know, 
I didn't share the actual financial statements of a business, for example, but what I did is I, I would exhibit them. So I would say, here's a column with the actual financials. Here are the adjustments we're making as far as add backs and whatnot. And here is the normalized. And so here's our normalized cash flow. And here's the pricing on the business. And so somebody could look at that information. They would be made aware what was in the actual financial statements you know, direct from, from the business. And so they could look at that information package and they could make a conditional offer. They could say, based on the information being true and subject to my due diligence of investigating everything, this is the offer I'd like to make. And so this broker, if they had waited until the package was done, could have had multiple offers arriving for this particular seller. It sounds like it might be a business type that would have a wide reaching demand. So in my experience, something like this could certainly happen with you know, businesses that are generally easy to run by a wide number of people. So I've heard of things like this happening before with like convenience stores, for example, or gas stations, where a large number of people are looking for that kind of business. Um, doesn't typically happen with a business that has a more tightly defined skill set associated with it. You know, a, a, an engineering firm probably wouldn't sell under these types of circumstances because it takes a while to find someone with the right qualifications who is looking for a business in that particular market. Um, now, the, Michael says there was a contract. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean the business has been sold. A contract to buy a business is usually got all kinds of conditions within it. And, you know, especially if I'm helping someone buy a business, there's all sorts of ways someone could get out of that contract. And so if you called me up and said, David, I've got a business with, a, you know, a great cash flow, half a million dollars a year, and a seller who's willing to sell that for 2.3 times cash flow. So it's reasonably priced. I might say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll buy it subject to due diligence, right? So, so does that mean we have a contract? Yeah, I guess it does mean we have a contract, a verbal one. We could write that down and now the business is under contract, but the business isn't sold, right? And so as I get into the information, I could discover all kinds of things about the business that make me not want to buy it. And so I'll back out of the contract. It reminded me of a story uh, from a fellow named Brian who runs a mortgage investment company up in Toronto. And I've done business with Brian before. And he provides financing for real estate generally, and he'll finance development deals that banks typically won't. And so people, different people, developers would approach Brian and they would say, hey, this is my project. This is what I want to do. And then Brian would take the time and effort to look at their company, look at the project, look at the market. And he would come back and he would come back with a term sheet that would say, based on this deal, this is what I'm willing to do. I can lend you this amount of money. Here are the terms, here's the interest rate, et cetera. What started to happen with Brian is that he would get, there would be these competing lenders in that space. And these competing lenders would start issuing term sheets very easily. So the developer would come forward and say, this is what I want to do. And they would send back later that same day, you know, here's what we'll do, this amount of money, this interest rate, et cetera. But when it came time to actually advance the funds, those other competing lenders would then put the brakes on a little bit and they would go through a detailed due diligence to make sure they really wanted to make the loan. And sometimes they wouldn't. And so 
Brian started to say to people, hey, you know what? If you want me to issue you a term sheet, I have to look into it. My term sheet has actually got some meaning behind it, meaning I know that I want to do the deal or else I wouldn't issue the term sheet. The same sort of thing happens in the world of buying businesses. Somebody can issue uh, an offer on a different business and sign it up into a contract, locking that seller into a situation where they can't explore any other buyers. And what that buyer has done now is they've taken the business off the market and they've got it in their own private little waiting pool outside the sea of normal business where they can then poke at it, investigate it, examine it as much as they want within a certain time frame. And if it doesn't strictly meet all of their criteria, what are they going to do? They're going to amend their offer. They're going to start to notch down the price. They're going to extend the terms of the seller note. They're going to do all kinds of things to make the deal better for them without the other buyers being present to compete. So sometimes making an offer on a business where you haven't really explored anything about the business is just a way of trying to knock off other competing buyers. And this is something that the business broker in this scenario should have been informed about and wary of, you know? And I think it kind of belies a situation where someone got really excited about the idea that they might've been able to do a quick deal. Um, a, a well-priced business with a well put together package should be able to find buyers rather quickly and bring offers that are subject to further due diligence. So that part of it doesn't really surprise me. Um, what surprises me is, is if you're seeing this Michael happening more and more, that's kind of news to me. Um, I will, at the end of the day, respond back with this. As I've had buyers in uh, the Business Buyer Adventure Group Coaching Program, for example, who have had other buyers swoop in and make offers and kind of they've been upset that the deal has gone away, only to see the business come back on the market after that buyer that swooped in with the quick offer uh, found things that disturbed and upset them and they withdrew. So it doesn't necessarily mean the business is sold. Remember that at the end of the day, deals that don't make sense typically don't get done, especially if the buyer has to borrow money to, to do the deal. The, the deal is also going to have to pass muster with the banker, uh, the buyer's attorney, the buyer's CPA, et cetera. And the, really the only kind of insane, crazy buyer that can really do foolish things at their own expense and ruin your day are the ones that have all cash and no advisors to stand in their way. And that's not a joke. There really are people like that out there. And really, you just you can't compete with with crazy. I mean, if somebody's going to do a really bad deal, and they have the money for it, and they're willing to write a check, there's nothing you can do to stop it. It just means that they're not going to be around probably to mess up your next opportunity. And with that, I'll remind everyone that if you want to learn how to buy a business in a risk controlled fashion, and you want to learn how it's actually done day in and day out all over North America, all over the world, then you should be signing up for Business Buyer Advantage. You can head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com where you can learn all about the different ways that I help people buy businesses. And, um, and it'd be a great pleasure to have you as a student in that program. And with that, we'll say see you later. We'll see you next time.